Now here's the voice of North Florida lacrosse, Ray Carnicelli. Welcome to another edition of Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli. I am Ray Carnicelli, joined by Matt Kerwick. Matt, how you doing today? Doing great today, Ray. Always good to jump on with you. How's, how's your day going, my friend? It, it's going very, very well. We've got some controversy we need to settle on today's show. Got a few hot topics we want to uh, talk about. And then we've got a, a great guest. Uh, let's open up and, and just tell us about today's guest. Uh, coach Copeland is the coach of the Water Dogs. They're playing the championship against uh, our our guest from last week, Coach Bates of the Archers. Obviously the Archers, the Archers, and the uh, Water Dogs are going to get after it this Sunday, I believe. No, nope, Saturday at three. And, uh, are you sure? Okay, yep, Saturday at three, and um, it's going to be a heck of a game. And he's done a great job with that group, and he had a great career as a college coach. And and I've known him a long time. I actually recruited him. Uh, to Georgetown University a long time ago, and uh, we'll, I'll talk to that that story with him a little bit. But he's a uh, he's a fellow Rochester guy, uh, loves his Genesee cream ale probably, and uh, he's he's going to be a great guest to have on. I'm really excited that he was able to come on on a busy week for him. We're we're going to start with a correction right away. This is very hard for me to say. I was r- <laughs> I was wrong. It's Sunday. Sunday at three o'clock. I thought so. You had your calendar marked okay. from early on in the season because you you assumed that the Chrome were going to be there. So I know that's why you knew it was Sunday the twenty fourth at three. Out. Just missed out. We so, just missed out getting there. No, we had a tough year, but but I, I had a I had a blast doing it, and and uh, I've decided I, I'm not going to do it next summer. Um, I, I decided to step away because of the travel and family. Mostly, it's it really all based on my family. It was just. Uh, I loved every second of it with, with Coach Monty and Coach Sudan. We had a blast, and the guys are phenomenal. Um, can't, can't thank them enough for the opportunity they gave me to just work with them and be around them. And I learned so much the last two summers, and, and obviously winning the sixes last winter was a blast uh, with Coach Monty um, down, in, down in Virginia. Um, so I, I had a great experience the last two years, but it, it was just uh, schedule-wise, work-wise, and, and most importantly, family-wise, it was uh, it was a big challenge for me. So uh, I, I want to thank the Rables and and the Chrome for giving me that chance. Well, I know you had a great time with your uh, two buddies, Coach Sudan and Coach Monty. And one of my uh, uh, one of the, my the images that sticks in my mind is you and Coach Monty with the big hug after that championship series win. Uh, just a great pitcher, and then uh, getting to meet him. Um, and and I know you, the relationship you have with those guys. So um, it was a good run. And you know the PLL. It's it's one of those things where, and I do want to ask Coach Copeland about this. Is just the logistics around like preparing for the championship game. In a you know most if not all of it's remote you know and he'll tell us when they get together what their you know remote meetings are like and all of those things I'm very yeah. interested in and then the game on Sunday it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one you know having talked to 
uh, Coach Bates last week and knowing a little bit about what the Archers are going to try to do. And, you know, Coach Copeland with his face-off strategy that, you know, he looks like a genius now because it worked out very well for him. I want to hear more about that and uh, see if he gives us any insight on, um, you know, what what he might do a little bit differently in this championship game. So looking forward to talking to Coach Copeland. Uh, I want to yeah, ask you. You're right, Ray. I mean that, that that is a really challenging piece to it, and it was really challenging for us with, with the Chrome this summer, right? Because we, you know, we were lacking in confidence early in the season. It was it was a it was an odd situation, honestly. We like we, we couldn't really put a finger on, you know, why we weren't handling the ball up to our ability or the way we didn't practice on Friday night. And it kind of steamrolled a little bit. And, and it's really hard to gain confidence when you're not practicing. Right. And it was a really big challenge for us. I think those are great questions that you have for coach Copeland. It's, it's, you know, all your meetings are, are virtual. You're, you're, you're watching a little bit of film with your O guys, with your D guys, with the entire team, a couple nights a week. You know, these guys are all working, you know, pretty stressful jobs, most of them, right? So they're working all day. And then at night you get on the, uh, on the Zoom call or the team call. And, and it, it's, uh, it's definitely a different way to go about it than what you're normally doing, obviously, with a, a, a college team where you can gain confidence in practice every day, right? So that, that is one of the challenges of the league. And, and I'm, I'm interested to hear how uh, Cope's going to attack this, this championship game. So this is episode six of Cradle to the Grave, and I know you don't follow me on Twitter. It's at Lax904 for those of you who are interested. But I tweeted out yesterday when I was preparing for the show, you know, about two hours into show prep, I realized that all of our coaches and um, players that we've had on have a couple of things in common, you know, obviously lacrosse people. But Ryan Wellner, Joe Elberisi, Matt Palum, JT Giles Harris of Jacksonville University, Chris Bates, and now Andy Copeland. What do they have in common besides being big time lacrosse guys? Well, I I, I know the answer because I I do follow you and, and and you obviously send things to me because I don't follow you maybe as much as you would like me to follow you, but um, the. They're all New York guys, right? Right. They're, they're all, all New, from they're, New York. They're all New York guys, and you know when I realized that, I didn't know if it's because you know the uh, scheduler, the guy who arranges our guests, is a New York guy and uh, <laughs> has a little bit of bias, or it's just they're the most interesting people that we want to talk to. You know, we tried to get Coach Tillman on; he's a New York guy. You know, Coach Galloway is going to be guy, coming yeah. on soon. I hope. Uh, he's a New York yep. guy, but we, we, we need to track down sure. some Marylanders or some people from, you know, other parts of the world. What, what's going on here? I, I mean, I guess, you know, I, 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 I would like to say that I'm not biased on this. I, I'm trying to just go, I, I guess I'm going with the top people in my mind and it just so happens. They're all from New York. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know why what it's happening that way, but yeah, what a coincidence, but you know, and I know we want to get, we're going to get Coach Tiffany on soon. I, you know, we're going to get Coach Tills on. They're both New York guys. The one guy that I would like to get on, and, and we, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later in the show or, or when you want to talk about this, Ray, but Brody Merrill just retired. One of the greatest careers in lacrosse that you can, you could ever speak to. And uh, we'll get Brody on. I've, he's He's from even further north. Right, he's a yep. Canuck, so we'll get him on too. I've got I've got that on my notes to talk about. So I want to hear your opinions on Brody Matt Earl. I also had a note here. It's called Canadian goalies. Canadian goalies. 
Uh, so the New York Ooh. guests, Brody Merrill, Canadian goalies. A couple little updates on the NIL. Uh, I also want to talk about the great lacrosse content that's out there here in, you know, it's the pro season, but you know, I'm a huge college fan and it's the off season for, for college, even though the guys are getting back in action. Inside lacrosse had a great series, uh, Terry Foy on the recruiting uh, talking to a number of coaches, really enjoyed that series. Uh, Coach Galloway was on, so I you know paid particular attention to that one. And Coach Galloway released his J- Jacksonville University podcast uh, either yesterday or today. I listened to it today. So there's so much good content, and Cradle the Grave is a huge part of that. And the other th- controversy we need to talk about is Album of the Week. So we're not going to give the Album of the Week right now, and we'll talk about the controversy right. more after we... Uh, circle up with coach copeland but should a greatest hits album be considered album of the week and i'm just going to give my quick opinion you give your quick opinion and then we'll talk lacrosse with coach copeland the great thing about an album especially back in our day is opening it up if it was vinyl even better because then you had the liner notes and the pages and there was always continuity to the album, you know, what side, what album, what side, what songs are on, and they kind of all tied together. A Greatest Hits, to me, is a playlist. It's a playlist. You sent me the one for today, and it's it's a playlist. Go. Well, that, that's okay, Ray. I, I appreciate I value your opinion, and we're not always going to agree. No. In fact, we disagree quite Hell a bit. No. Yes, a lot. And, 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 and so let's... let's uh, let, let's be clear. I put the I decide the album of the week. Correct. That's 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 one, and you have you that that bothers you a little bit. Two, um, it, it was an album. You could buy this as an album, and I understand there's a story in an album. And believe me, I love Pink Floyd. I love the Who, Quadrophenia. You know, there, there's there's an order to those albums, and and it's a story. But this album. It's just okay. too good not to put out, you know, just to put out there to the to our wonderful guests who are listening today. Well, right? it's just so you, too good of an album not to share. So you've gone with two live albums, and I didn't say anything about it because they're special. They were both special, and now here we have a greatest playlist. Excuse me, greatest hits coming up later, but uh, we'll talk more about that later on. Sure. Uh, but right now we're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to bring on Andy Copeland of the PLL Water Dogs. Welcome back to Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli, and it's our pleasure to welcome on our guest, the head coach of the PLL Water Dogs, Andy Copeland. Coach, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's a big week for you guys, and I want to talk about the game coming up, but just wanted to get a little bit of background because I'm confused a little bit. You're from the Rochester area, Pittsburgh, right? I'm a Rochester guy, along with uh, Coach Kerwick and a few others in the PLL, too. So. Section 5. Section Let's 5, go. baby. All right, we had Coach uh, Bates on last week from Section 1. I'm from Section 3, up the road in Auburn. We had Coach Albrisi, also from Auburn, Section 3. We just realized that all six of our guests, since we launched this wildly popular podcast, have all been New Yorkers. J.T. Giles Harris, Coach Bates, Coach Copeland, Coach Albrisi, uh, Ryan Wellner, uh, so it's a it's a New York streak, but talk to me about the, the the Dolphins. And are you a Bills fan or are you a Dolphins fan? I believe it or not, I am a Dolphins fan. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I, I, hold on, hold the hold the phone here. 
Coach Cope, I did not realize that. This is this is changing the, the tenor of this call right now. I know. I apologize. But <laughs> if you remember, which I'm sure you do uh, very well, that the Bills <laughs> lost the four straight Super Bowls when I was a young, impressionable little tyke. And uh, it was right around the time I was playing Vince Lombardi football and I was playing quarterback at the time. And yeah. I loved Marino. And I was just scarred by the Bills, you know lack of ability to get it done four times in a row and the Dolphins it, were rolling it, a little it bit. It was a and, struggle, uh, but let, let me ask you something, though, Coach Copeland. Where were the Dolphins when the Bills were playing on Super Bowl Sunday? Were they What golf course were they playing on at that at that point? You know, you I, I don't know, but I think Marino's <laughs> probably a pretty good golfer. I got to imagine he's a single digit, so, you know. <laughs> And he had the cameo and Ace Ventura. It was just just everything lined up very appropriately. <laughs> See, Matt, I, I, awesome. I, there That's is show awesome. prep involved. I, you know, I, I dug that one out. You know, growing uh, just a little bit, growing up a little east of you in Auburn during those dark times for the Jets, the Giants, and the Bills. I was a Fran Tarkington fan, and uh, so a Viking fan up there in upstate New York until I moved to Florida and, and the Jaguars proceeded to disappoint me for a couple decades now. So That's interesting, Ray. You know what? Uh, Coach Monty is a huge Vikings fan. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, so you guys can, can hang out together. Well, I'm a Jaguar wow. fan now. As we're, watching, as we're watching the Bills in the Super Bowl this year, you can hang out. So, Coach, watch, you know. <laughs> Coach, last week yes, um, uh, we, we talked uh, t- to Matt, his son's heading to Bucknell, and talk to me a little bit about your time at Bucknell and what that meant in your development. Yeah, I'm a proud uh, 2003 Bucknell Bison graduate, played for Frankie Fed, who's currently at the helm, and uh, uh, Coach Kerwood's boy is in great hands, I can tell you that. I just, I, I love the institution, I, I, I love the the people there still to this day, my best friends in the world are all kind of my former Bucknell teammates, and uh, it's, a, it's a special place, so I, you know, not to sound too cheesy, but I, I, I frankly went there a little boy and came out a man, and it... Uh, you know, lacrosse has obviously been a huge part of my professional life, but uh, but Fed and Coach Jay and just Bucknell as an institution had a lot to do with that. And you know, one of the things that I, you know, looking through your career and you know, watching you um, perform at at Fairfield, and the comment that you made that was interesting to me was the the GM role that goes along with the head coaching role. Uh, in the PLL allows you to stay connected to that college game, and I'm such a huge fan of the of the college game, and uh, the PLL is growing on to me. Talk to me about that connection and the role of the GM, and just being able to keep the, your finger on the pulse at the college level. Well, I mean, I, I've always been just a fan of the sport, regardless of whether I was playing or coaching or on the sidelines at one of these recruiting events. But, I mean, I did 16 years in that Division One world, so it was a lot of summertime travel. You obviously forged a lot of relationships with with uh, coaches, and you just, you're just kind of like in the weeds, all things lacrosse. And, uh, you know, I guess when I left the college game to go to the private school world, you know, the PLL thing at, the, at that time wasn't, uh, you know, it just hadn't yet materialized. But I just felt like I might, you know, miss something competitively. The, the PLL certainly has, has scratched that itch. But then this GM role uh, that, that we now have, too, it just it just allows us to, to talk to these college coaches uh, kind of on a regular basis as we have some draft prep to go through. And it just keeps us that much closer to, to, to the game that honestly has just been a huge part of my life. So it's been uh, it's been a fun endeavor to take on for sure. Matt, how would you describe Coach Copeland's coaching style? 
I've, you know, I've obviously been around him. We, we were, in, we were in the weeds together for a long time, right? As college coaches and, and, uh, always great respect, always well prepared. Um, you could tell that his, his players just have that respect and just enjoy playing for him. And I think, you know, we're kind of cut from a similar cloth and that we came from programs, you know, that were, were driven by Dave Yurick and that's where coach Fediaka came from and 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 you know can't be more excited hope to have my son committed to to go play at a, a place that you were a huge part of uh, many many years ago right but um it, it's it's just a style that i think is it, it's the right way you're, you're teaching the game you're showing respect for the game first and foremost and you're and that's what coach copeland does and and it, it's it's a group of guys that are that are kind of going in the same direction because they're they're following his lead and so i've always been super impressed and Really pumped that you came on here today, Cope. Um, I'm not going to ask for too much for this weekend, but what's what's your full game plan? What's the opening play you're going to run? Give me all the good stuff that you got ready for this, <laughs> for this Sunday, Coach. I want to hear. Yeah, Coach Bates the, isn't uh, listening. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear your your just a, a quick approach on entering this game. You know, what are your thoughts on 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 the approach this weekend? Uh, you know, an interesting thing that people aren't talking about probably enough is this this bye week going from semis to finals. So, I mean, yeah. in terms of a rest and recovery standpoint, I think that's, that's a good thing. But also just, you know, management uh, having a little bit of a kind of two-week break here before it's on. Uh, you know, I think our guys are – they're a pretty mature locker room. We have a bunch of guys in there that have kind of won championships at, at, at various levels. Frankly, I think for us, having the experience to pull from last year, I think, is helpful. Hopefully, it just kind of keeps us grounded and you kind of go into the thing. I mean, obviously, there's there's the pressure and the want and the desire to, to win. But, uh, but I think guys, you know, have a – professionalism about them that they know it's just going to be whatever team plays better. So, you know, all the other kind of narratives and storylines that could potentially be out there to throw those things out the window and focus on kind of playing at the highest level that you can. But we're, uh, we're excited. I'm venturing down to Philly tomorrow for the, for the long weekend. And uh, hopefully we play great on Sunday. Do you give the guys like workout notes, like to be on the field uh, working out individually? And I'm sure you have some, uh, virtual meetings. Talk to me a little bit about how the communications with the players goes uh, in that two-week lead-up. Yeah, I guess a couple different layers to that uh, to that question. So, you know, we're, we're connected uh, kind of as an offense, as a defense, and then, you know, as a team through, you know, some of the social media channels that are out uh, and about. Uh, and, you know, we, we do the, the weekly Zoom stuff that a lot of the teams in, in the league do. Uh, you know, I'm of the opinion just that, that the more conversations and time on the phone and time texting and watching film and just game planning and just talking shop, I, I, I think the better off you're going to be just because it kind of gets you in the right mindset and thinking about it and just trying to get kind of on the, the same page. So we're all, you know, ultimately rowing in the same direction here on Sunday. But uh, we, we do that to answer your question about kind of are we providing individual workouts? No, we're not. We're, we're not doing that. There's just kind of a, a, a trust that the guys are doing what they need to do and they're taking care of themselves and they're doubling down in terms of, you know, hitting the turf and, you know, with their with their prep. Uh, you know, the guys are, you know, kind of scattered throughout the, the country, but I know they have some some pods. You've got kind of a New York City pod that's out there, three, four guys at a time trying to get some turf time in the mornings before work. And, you know, really the the, the guys handle that stuff uh, remarkably well. That was one of the things when I entered the league. I just wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't sure ultimately what that would look like, but 
I give them a ton of credit for just taking care of themselves and they want to try to ride out their professional careers for as long as they can. And, you know, they obviously got to put the work in in order to, to do that. If you could name one of your players that if they have a huge game, uh, it's it's likely that the water dogs come out on top. Who would that be? I, I mean, I think it has to start with Dylan Ward, who, uh, you know, is a seasoned vet. He, he has a PLL championship. He has an MLL championship. He has an NLL championship. He's won a gold medal with team Canada. Uh, he, he's a guy who, uh, certainly is, is, uh, you know, there's, there's presence, but he's kind of the backbone of who we are defensively. And, uh, yeah, he's he, he he's the best. So I'd I'd, I'd kind of answer your question by uh, by naming him. Yeah, Dylan Ward. Yeah, that guy's so frustrating. Having watched him and throughout his college career and his various pro careers, international, he just he he gives shooters fit. So excited to watch the Canadian goalies battle this weekend. In in terms of uh, the 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 rules and the faceoff change, was it a tough decision for you to kind of abandon the traditional faceoff role? and and adapt or was was it all in early it was something that we definitely talked about at training camp didn't know exactly how it was going to play out uh you know part of it was we had a guy jake withers last year who uh he was you know team canada's face-off guy he's he's an elite face-off guy great indoor player you know he he is now a father and he chose to pursue uh, his professional career as a fireman, um, which which just kind of cut into him having the ability to do the PLL thing. So losing him, I think, was was part of the uh, decision-making. And then the other part of it, honestly, it just kind of happened naturally. In week three, we were getting our doors blown off by Trevor Baptiste and his Atlas teammates. And it was just kind of by default that we uh, we felt like we just had to change the pace to try to regain some momentum. We ended up putting Eli Gobrek up there with a couple of short stick D mids and just made the conscious decision to play defense first. And uh, and that, you know, lent itself to us kind of coming back in that game and winning a 19-18 shootout, which is a lot of fun. But, you know, kind of every week there and after from that game, you know, the face-off strategy has probably been tinkered a little bit and it's been uh, – uh, you kind of look at your opponent and whatever whatever tweaks you need to make, you're obviously going to take that on. But, you know, we got a few guys on our roster right now that just naturally had face-off experience in Courier and Gobrek and, frankly, Conrad's in that category too. So we felt like we, we maybe had a, a roster um, of versatile enough guys that would allow us to tinker around with it. So we're not trying to be these, like, like revolutionaries or anything like that. I, I frankly, probably am more of a traditionalist and kind of old school personality when it comes to my approach to the game. But, you know, with that said, you just have to look at, at, at the rules, how they're written and see if you can, you know, try to use something to your advantage. So that's, uh, that's all we really have done. So coach Sunday at 3 PM on the big network on ABC, how excited are you and the guys uh, to have that national broadcast playing for a championship? Uh, something you've worked so hard for. Yeah, we're, we're, I, I don't think it has anything to do with, with ABC, to be honest with you. I think it has everything to do with just trying to trying to grab hold of that trophy at the end of the day and just haven't had the ability to, to see that through last year. It's just it's the best feeling in the world that it makes for such an awesome offseason. Uh, and we, uh, we certainly are going to try to be at our best here to, to kind of hold on to that trophy at least for another year. Matt, any last words for Coach? Coach, can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, wish you all the best. It's been great following your team, and, and uh, you guys do it the right way, and, and you got the boys playing hard. So I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Obviously, the archers are loaded, and you guys are uh, – it, it's it's going to be a 
going to be as as most of these games are, Coach, a, a one goal game probably, right? As you know, they're they're, they're nail biters, most of them, and and uh, we wish you all the best, and and thank you so much for coming on, and and good luck on Sunday. I appreciate it, guys. Nice uh, nice chatting with you here. Appreciate everything you do. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon, uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully see you both soon. All right. Thanks, Coach. That was Coach Andy Copeland of the PLL Water Dogs. Matt, you sounded shocked that he's a Dolphin fan. I, I'm a little bit. Uh, I am a little bit shocked right now, Ray. I'm a little bit disappointed, obviously. But uh, you know what? To each his own, and and I get it. Back back in the day, Marino was fun to watch, and and um, the fact that the Bills are still called losers for going to four Super Bowls in a row. You know, I have a tough time with people saying that, but um, but you know. It's 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 the way of the world, and and man, the Dolphins look good right now. So we'll we'll see how it, how it plays out. But so, as a Rochester guy, you're kind of weaned on being a Buffalo Bills fan, right? So uh, good for him for stepping uh, away from the norm. Are you are you sticking with your prediction of the Archers? I didn't want to put you on the spot with Coach Copeland, but were you just uh, schmoozing up to Coach Bates, or you still are you sticking <laughs> with the Archers, or is it going to be the Water Dogs? No, I, I, I picked the I picked the archers before the playoffs started. Okay, right? so you're it, sticking with like that. I, I I still I have to stick with it, but it's again I think it's going to be a heck of a game, and and you know we'll see how the faceoff stuff plays out because because Sisselberger is is going to dominate at the X because of the way the Water Dogs play it, and and then you have to be efficient with your early offense because you have that short clock with this rule, and and the archers have shown that they can do that so if, if if they can bang a few goals in that early offense off of the face-off then then it's probably going to go their direction if the water dogs can hold them tight and, and play great defense against that that quick offense early after the face-offs then then uh you know the water dogs have a great offensive group you know we talk that, that we can, can we talk, make you pay yeah mccardle and, and sours and others but you know, I mentioned the Canadian sure. goalies in the opening and having two Canadian goalies. There was a time where that was almost considered a weakness for for Canada on the international scene, but not anymore. I mean, they are these are two great goalies. You know, I mentioned Dylan Ward. He's he he he's big, but he plays even bigger, and he's a little bit um, non-traditional. He, he a lot of motion. I don't know if he's baiting or he's just anxious, but he he's not just a sit and react guy and. You tell me about the the fits that he causes shooters. Uh, it is a we're going to see two Canadian goalies this weekend, right? I yep. believe the the goalie for uh, you're you're correct. You know, that's that's is, why I brought it up. It, it is is the young man from what St. Bonaventure, um, and and they are uh, they're both they're very similar. I mean, they're both big guys. They're they're they play kind of a high arc. Right, yep. so they attack the shooter, and they just cover a lot of the cage, and and they're very poised. They just they just kind of get they get hit a lot, right? Which people are like, ah, oh, you know, we didn't shoot well. We were hitting the goalie. Now they're in a really good position. Yeah, Brett Do- right? Brett Dobson, and, and that's, that's, it, you know, that's he's, the way they play. he's at fifty eight percent on the season. You're right. He's from uh, from St. Bonaventure, six two, two hundred pounds, very similar yep. style to uh, Dylan Ward and. He's at Dylan Ward's at sixty-one percent. So you have two guys playing against the best shooters in the world, hovering around sixty percent. And you know, I, I like watching the goalies. I, I've never been a box fan. And we've talked about this because you love the box game. 
because I just don't appreciate, I guess, what the goalies do in the box game, even though, you know, right. Dylan and, and others, uh, you know, they can, they can play both. Uh, but these two guys just take up so much space. As a shooter, you just don't see net. That's exactly right. And, and they play, you think about growing up in, in, in Canada and playing the box game and playing hockey, right? Goalies, will we'll take away angles. I think a lot, of, a lot of American goalies are taught to stay deep and give yourself more reaction time, right? Um, but I think that they were taught kind of an old-school style, like, like you play sometimes, right, right back yep. in the day, where you get up on your arc and you try to take away angle, right? And that's what they do. And the way these guys shoot the ball now, it's just insane. You know, you got everybody shooting it from 90, 95, 100 miles an hour. It doesn't matter if it's a D-Midi or a – you know, your, your fourth midfielder on offense, these guys are all are, are slinging it. So I think it, it's to be bigger and to, to get out and attack the shooters a little bit more, it just makes sense, right? And, and they're proving that, that that's the case. You know, I, one of the questions I asked Coach Copeland, I immediately regretted it, was uh, bringing up the fact that it's a nationally televised game on ABC on Sunday because his answer was great. Uh, it basically, we'll right. play him in the parking lot. It doesn't matter. We just want to grab that trophy yeah. and run, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it, you're right. And it, it is really cool. The fact that this game is on ABC, it'll probably be the most watched lacrosse game and, you know, certainly professional game in history. And, you know, it, it's going to be a heck of a game. And, and, and the, the Rables have done such a good job of, of building this and, and getting all those things in place. But, yeah, as a coach, you don't care, right? Coach Copeland, like you said, he'll he'll play him anywhere. They want it. They just want to. They want to be hoisting that trophy, as he said at the end, and and that's what it's all about. You work really. These guys give an awful lot. I think people think maybe the pro league because you're not practicing all week, and you know you get together Friday night and you play Saturday. I can tell you, these guys are all in. They work out all week. These guys are in incredible condition and and physically strong, and they're they're. They're all in. Like I said, they they want to win this thing and they want to bring home the trophy and they did it last year and to do it twice in a row is a big deal. Yeah, so the, we'll see how how it plays out. The elevation and the talent in this league, you know, every year you look at the guys coming in. Well, guess what? There has to be some guys going out too. So it just keeps elevating and yeah. you know, next year is gonna be be the same thing and the, the quality of the lacrosse is uh second to none. You know, fix the face off rule. I wouldn't even mind if they went to the college rules, but with a two-point shot, um, but nobody's asked me my opinion yet. Talk to me about Brody Merrill. Uh, I know you, you've you known him for a long time and what he has meant to his teams and the game in general. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, Brody's, you know, he, he just retired and a uh, phenomenal career and just an, just an awesome person. I mean, he started the, the, the Hill Academy up in, up in uh Canada. He, he built a school right outside of Toronto after he graduated from Georgetown. And it's, it's, it's now placed, I, I can't even imagine how many guys to division one hockey, division one lacrosse, um, the girls side as well. And it started with like a group of like 20 guys that he brought in that were hockey lacrosse players. Right. And they had a, a little tiny, you know, school. Um, I think it was attached to a hockey rink. It was basically a couple classrooms and now he's he's built a, a, a full time school up outside of Toronto. Um, he's just a wonderful human being. I recruited him with Coach Urich and Brian Rogers. Brian Rogers saw him um, as a gangly six foot four, real skinny long stick from Canada, 
Um, I can't remember where he saw him, but I remember Coach Eric and I drove up to watch him after Brian said, hey, we got to get this guy. And, and we went up to the, the turkey shoot in Ithaca. And, you know, we brought him down to Georgetown after that. We offered him a really good deal, which at that time, you probably didn't offer much money or scholarship money to a, a long pole from Canada, right? You, you, you spent your money on offensive guys and, or, or big defensemen from, from Long Island or Maryland, right? And, and so it was, uh, it was unique. And he ended up having one of the greatest careers at, at Georgetown. He was just an incredible player. And then he just, he's continued for, I don't know how many years now, right? He's, he's been doing it for like 20 years at the pro level and, and uh, he just retired and, and uh, good for him. And I'm going to, I'm going to give him a call. Hopefully we'll get him on here soon. Right. Okay. That is your mission. Well, Matt, that, that about yeah. wraps it up except for the album of the week. And once again, um, yes. not necessarily under protest, but, uh, we'll have the Twitter poll out there right now whether you think a greatest hits album should be considered album of the week. But this is Matt Kerwick's segment. It's Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli. You've got top billing, so talk to me about this album. Yeah. Ray, you're the brains of this operation. We know that, and you do all the heavy lifting. So the, the, I appreciate you allowing me to have this this part at the very finish. But uh, we're going to go with Tom Petty's. Greatest Hits album, just every song is just phenomenal. And the reason I'm playing this is Rosie, her father's a Florida Gator, right? And I don't know if you saw oh, the yeah. clips, and if you haven't seen it, Ray, right, that when they were singing last week against Tennessee, Tom Petty and the whole stadium was just in unison singing, singing Tom Petty. So that's why I thought of this album, and it's Tom Petty Greatest Hits. Enjoy, and Ray, I appreciate you allowing me to be on this with you every week. Well, thank you, and uh, best of luck to Coach Copeland. Thanks for joining today. Also, best of luck to last week's guest, Coach Bates. Uh, we'll settle the album of the week discussion on the Twitter poll. Uh, a lot of great lacrosse coming up in fall ball. I've got my plans. Uh, tell your friends about Cradle to the Grave. For Matt Kerwick, I am Ray Carnicelli. Have a great day.